This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's time to Take Command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Welcome into Take Command, Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. This is a quick post-game podcast, and this is what we're going to do after each and every game. Although, Logan, I say that, and I see that Thursday night are coming up, and that means we'd have to stay up real late. So real we'll late. About that. But these, <laughs> these 1 p.m. kicks, uh, 4 p.m. kicks, you can, no problem you can bet on a that. podcast in your feed on Monday mornings. Uh, just some quick initial takeaways, and then what we'll do is we'll dive into the film, obviously outside of the podcast, and then we will convene again to record a podcast that will come out Wednesday mornings, and then we will record a podcast for Friday mornings as well that will be a preview of the next week's game. So that will be our in-season rhythm here on Take Command. You get a t- kind of a Take Command quick hit post game uh, that comes out Monday morning, and then you get Wednesday full review with some takeaways moving forward and uh, obviously any updates on things like injuries. Obviously, Phil Mathis goes down. We will know more by the time we record for Wednesday uh, on what that means moving forward. And then you get your full preview of the opposing team and how the matchup goes by Friday. So, Logan, with that all said, um, it, this game felt like a roller coaster, and, and often NFL games do. Um, and I, I think right. that this was a good reminder of what NFL football feels like, and you saw it around the league today. Teams go up, uh, teams jump out, the other team makes an adjustment, they climb back into it, and maybe the, the team that was uh, up first, in the case of the Commanders, uh, ultimately pulls it out. And that's what we saw today. Um, I know you started watching back a little bit, and, and I will tell you that I felt like Carson Wentz you know, we really rode the roller coaster today because the good was exceptional. I mean, he was yeah. rolling early, um, even though he did miss a couple of easy ones. I mean, even on that yeah. first drive, he misses what should have been like a 30 yard completion on a pretty easy throw. But home. generally speaking, yeah, generally speaking, like he's so good when he's on. Then you kind of hit that lull in the middle of the game, including the two really bad picks. One's just a freak play by Walker, although I don't really love the decision when you look at it. It's kind of a weird, you probably should have just dirted it. Um, but for that to end in a pick is like a wild play. And the other ones, the other ones on him, but it's an interception that happened in the NFL. And then to respond like he did was was phenomenal. And to, to go back up to that that high point on the roller coaster, if you will, um, it just showed how potent this offense could be. And and ultimately, I think you leave this game one, you're you're psyched with the win, and two, I feel like you leave really hopeful for what this team can be moving forward, especially offensively. Yeah, man, I think you kind of touched on pretty much everything. I mean, it was a little bit up and down. And I think a little bit of the up and down comes from guys making plays early. So like, what I mean by that is like, I went back and watched like the first, I'm on what play 53 right now. So I watched like the first half of the game. And one thing that stood out to me is 
uh, like Curtis Samuels, Antonio Gibson, McKissick did an excellent job on the checkdown stuff of like making people miss, right? So drives get pushed out a little bit more, right? Like stuff that Jacksonville like tightens up in the second half where they're tackling a little bit better. Like the little bubble pass is tackled for a loss. The screen pass that went for 18 in the first quarter to Armani. They try to run it with Curtis later. Walker sniffs it out, makes a tackle. Like those play, then all of a sudden you're in like a bad situation right so like the plays again like i think the this is the thing that i always go back to like process was good right and the things that Mm -hmm. were working they continue to try and do them but jacksonville adjusted right and i think that that's where it gets a little bit weird right i think the first pick that uh carson threw he's a little late with it you know what i mean that out to jahan i think jahan has the guy that's a timing throw stares it down real bad too you remember those scout routes that kyle used to run and sean used to run it's like the it's like the fifth it's the fifth inside step, and it's a timing route. So right when that fifth step comes down, ball's got to be out. And you can see him just hold it a beat longer, almost like he doesn't trust what he's seeing. And it leads to a great play by, a great play by uh, Tyson Campbell, who's you know a guy that we talked about on the pregame show. He's a good football player. So, um, I, you know, the screen, you know, like when I, I'm just – I just watched it right now, actually. And I think the thing that sticks out to me about that is, like, A, fantastic play. By otherworldly play by Trayvon Walker like the fact that he two hands that sucker is pretty impressive you know when you see the window and when you see where the back's going you may maybe say like oh he should probably throw it in the dirt I don't again I don't know I, I mean I would lean that way after watching it again on here but again I think like that's kind of a freaky play like that's like one you know it's like a Julius Peppers type play you know right. a guy TJ Watt had one like that today there's just sure. not that many guys that can do that and like you're not used to that because again you've been practicing only against your team and you know unfortunately we don't have anybody on our team right now who can do that so yeah um, you know they could they could bat the ball down no doubt but they're not catching it probably so I think that's offensively I think that's something that sticks out to me things that were making it look super easy early all of a sudden became more challenging as the game went on and that's adjustment by Jacksonville and then I think you know kudos to Carson kudos to the whole team for kind of sticking with it you know what I mean like it got kind of dicey there for a little bit and again they had two bad series back to back kind of at the start of the second half in the third quarter and then to come out and for the defense to stand up and stop them when when uh jacksonville had all the momentum i remember it was like a sack where all four defensive linemen met at trevor lawrence they had Mm -hmm. to punt right there that was probably in my opinion what i would say the closest thing to a tipping point in the game that i could see right because then it tipped back they go in it's third and eight completion of logan thomas Excellent bomb to Terry for a touchdown. All right. of a sudden, they're back in it. Again, the defense forces a punt, and then they go down, long drive, big third down conversion by Logan Thomas again. Touchdown to Jahan, where it looks like Tyson Campbell got the uh, the controller unplugged for some reason because he didn't even swat at the football. Yeah, it was, it was weird really weird. I, at first, I thought Jahan like, didn't look back and kind of hit him. I mean, he did hit him with late hands, which is which is a really, really savvy late hands. move <laughs> yeah. by, by Jahan Dotson because if he puts his hands out earlier, then Campbell knows to swat down, and that ball probably is not completed. But Jahan looked it in. At first, I was like, did he not look? And he just kind of no-looked it, you know, kind of peeking out the side. No, like he looked it in and then just bop late hands and gets the touchdown. Um, it's it's an incredible play by Jahan um, and on what is really not a great – like in some ways it's a great throw by Carson because uh, it works. In some ways you're like, man, they kind of got lucky on that one. Sure. Um, but it, at the end of the day, like they made the play. And, and so, you know, you got you to gotta hat tip there. Um, the other like stick with, I mean, Carson, big time stick with it award, like good job, way to, way to keep fighting. Um, and and that's where that veteran, you know, savvy that he's been through a bunch of stuff, even if he hasn't even handled it well, uh, by his own admission at times earlier in his career, like he's seen it, he knows not to give up. He knows to keep fighting. 
Same can be said uh, as well for Terry McLaurin. My one gripe with the offense early was they did such an amazing job of getting Jahan going, such an amazing job, especially of getting Curtis and Antonio going, that the guy they paid $70-plus million because he's one of the best receivers in football was kind of an afterthought in the game. But it's like, oh, he'll get his. Or, oh, well, you know, he can be a decoy. And it's like, no, no, no. You paid that guy all that money because getting the ball in his hands is how you score. And for Terry to just stick with it, the enthusiasm he showed, celebrating with his teammates after every big play, and then ultimately to come through with, you know, arguably the biggest play of the game, that bomb sure. which just makes you feel like you're on a downhill roller coaster towards a win, even if they were still behind at that point. I mean, that's a, that's a big-time catch to, to come through in that spot by Terry. And that throw by Carson is absurd. To put that and ball great, where and- he did on a rope, like, come on. That's a great job on on the pump fake too, like little uh, Mm -hmm. safety manipulation to kind of keep the window there. And again, that, that corner is expecting help over top, but great eye manipulation by Carson. So yeah, absolutely. I think Terry also throws it. It wasn't from the opposite hash, like left hash to right. It was a heck of a throw. I mean, so that was the thing. Like when you watch the film, like when you watch the film, when you watch the game, like he's touching parts of the field that this offense hasn't been able to touch. In, in in at a frequency and a cadence that is again it's been probably 10 years since i've seen somebody do that here in for the commanders so you see what that arm talent does for this offense obviously you mentioned there were some ups and downs for him in regards to play but in terms of i mean how was it watching this offense i mean it felt like it was so open Beautiful. there were guys in space and that i think is a direct correlation of what Carson is doing, you know what I mean? Or what, what his, what his athletic ability brings, you know, I will say one of the things that I'm curious to watch when I watch it back on tape and you can give us a little bit of an inkling for the, you know, as you said, the, the five eighths of it that you've watched, they ran 81 plays, which is crazy. Um, it's a lot of offense that happened in this game. Um, but I did feel like, especially the points where they got stagnant, there's a lot of bunch formation stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them spread it out horizontally a little bit more. I know often off of those bunches you go out, but it just brought a lot of defenders kind of into one area. And I feel like that got a little condensed and helped bog them down at times. There were extra guys in to make tackles and some of that stuff. And that's just an ongoing challenge of the season. You know, you, sure. you continue to mix things up. Maybe there was something they liked about the way Jacksonville played defensively that they thought they could take advantage of some of that, get guys shifting the wrong way set up good blocks. This is where I defer to one. You as someone who has a, an elevated understanding of, of tape, but also, you know, Scott Turner's paid a lot of money to do his job. Cause he's not, cause he sucks at it. Um, you know, there are sure, ripes I mean, to have at times, but like he's, he's no dummy. So I would like to see, I feel like, and maybe it's just a feel thing and a couple of series. And I need to go back and watch and confirm this, but I like, I would like to see them spread it out a little bit more, but overall, like, I mean, the way, the way they used personnel was really smart. The way that they used formations was really smart. They got to the stuff that they wanted to get to, and like that's ultimately the sign of good offense. Yeah, and I mean, I think you know, I actually look at some of the best offenses in the league, and they stay bunched. You know, and one of the reasons yeah. they stay bunched is because it's easier to make some of those throws. You get natural picks. You get some stuff that you feel good about. And um, I think overall, like when you look at the game, like it's it's a pretty efficient game. You know, like. There was a couple times where the protection gets a little dicey, you know, and, uh, you, you know, we knew Jacksonville could rush the passer a little bit, and they were able to capitalize on some of that and kind of put Carson in weird spots and force him to check the ball down before he wanted to. They had a couple batted balls, which kind of stagnated series. So, again, they, like Jacksonville, I think, deserves some credit, and we talked about in the pregame show how that's a group that could potentially punch up as the season goes on. Obviously, Devin Lloyd, Definitely. I think, had a tough outing in his first appearance, the, the linebacker for them. But I think mm-hmm. overall they did some stuff that, you know, like is good. And I think, I think the other thing that I wanted to kind of call attention to is like when you play bad football teams, not that Jacksonville's a terrible football team, but like not in the top 10, let's say 
For you're sure. allowed to make some mistakes like this. And I think mm-hmm. what we'll see over the course of the season is these mistakes will be more forgivable, you know, on the aggregate, uh, you know, compared to last year where like if you made one mistake against Patrick Mahomes, like he's back in it and they're probably up 14 before you can blink your eyes. Like this is how mediocre teams play football. And like they've got a couple mediocre teams on the schedule. Like, I'm not saying they're bad teams. Like the Lions played a very close game today from what I saw. Um, I think it was like last second, last possession of the game or something like that. Right. Yeah, I, mean, if I, I, remember it might have, I don't know. The Eagles pulled away at one point. I'm not sure exactly how that came. And then, and then I think they brought it back. But again, there's the fighting yeah. Dan Campbell's. The old yeah, 38-35. Thir- the Lions fought hard and that this are out to score the Eagles 14 nothing in the fourth quarter. So, yeah, that wound up being a, a three point game. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, but if you look at Goff's stat line, a couple turnovers there for him, you know, fumbles. And, and so, again, like that's that's something that's going to be part of the schedule. So if Carson can play like this consistently, if the defense can play like this, I think the defense did a really nice job outside of like the first drive. Uh, I think they did a nice job of kind of keeping things together. If you take away the penalties, I think this game looks drastically different for the defense. But I think overall, like you feel pretty good about what they're doing. They got some good pressure against an O-line that's average to below average so i think that's Mm. that's a good sign they little hemorrhaging in the run game at times but i think overall you felt like they were in control of the game so i think that bodes well nice to see montez sweat kind of making his presence felt early and often that was the biggest thing for me defensively um well at least in terms of like some of the conversations we had we ended the pregame show kind of talking about him and you know who's the guy that's going to step up and it should be sweat um he's in a positionally and talent wise he's in the he's the guy that could really heat it someone up and make a play at the end of the game and sure enough like three of the last four offensive plays that Jacksonville ran sweats got pressure yeah. including the the game ceiling interception of course caught by Derek Forrest who gets your defensive MVP of the day he was phenomenal he was all over He's the place good. and it makes you it makes you kind of wonder about I mean what do they do with Cam Curl not that like Forrest is replacing him but it gives you more versatility with Curl like yeah. can you play Curl more in the Buffalo spot where you thought maybe that's where Forrest was going to be because Curl needed to be over top like you now have a little bit more flexibility if that's who Derek Forrest is that maybe you thought even a couple of weeks ago and you know having watched all training camp you see a guy in a game especially a guy with his skill set thumper you know that physicality shows up um I I do wonder if that changes the calculus a little bit of how they how they use Cam Curl when he gets back if they're more comfortable with Forrest than they thought they could be well I mean I think you saw you know the even like the base uh nickel stuff was Percy Butler right so obviously I think that's something they're trending towards anyway kind of taking some responsibilities off cam curl and I think you want him in that post safety role because he's going to be going to be on the field more but I think like you said kudos to Forrest did a really nice job in certain situations I think he lacks a little bit 
leaves a little bit to be desired in certain coverage spots, but I think overall, very, very solid performance from him. Uh, I think every, you know, like they just had a good day, you know, defensively. It wasn't like, like obviously you're going to go back and watch it. There's going to be some things here and there, but think about it. Lawrence three points a on it too, which, which helped out. Yeah. Three, three points on a short field after the fumble for Curtis, I think seven points after the interception, like that, that's 10 points right there that they really are in total control over. So, um, you know, I think, I think this is a good building block. If you kind of look at it like a practice, a lot of things to build on, a lot of things to improve on, but it's nice to get the win uh, in a game that you probably should have won as we talked about in the pregame show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Washington's a better, better team. Um, and they showed it, um, but they also got away with some stuff because Jacksonville is who they are. And, right. you know, Detroit on the schedule is uh, is helpful uh, because they are also kind of at that level still. Although I do wonder, you know, if, if turnovers were a problem today for them, like how Campbell's going to be on them. And, and, you know, this is a team that's probably going to fluctuate quite a bit. And, you know, they're going to give it everything. That That's a team that's going to fight. Uh, in a major way and then you know Eagles coming in the week after that and well you know that's a team that's a little more buttoned up a team that's a little more advanced in their progression not to mention the Cowboys the week after that so it's going to be real interesting over the next you know four weeks to go at Detroit home against Philly at Dallas and then Tennessee who lost to the Giants today comes to town and then by the way you're at Chicago who beat San Francisco today uh on on Thursday night so um you know this is the beauty of the NFL uh is weird no easy ones man no easy ones for sure uh, and so it, it certainly was that kind of day today, week one. Um, you know, as, as we also pointed out in the pregame show today, week one is week one. And uh, last year, like Green Bay was terrible in week one, and then they made a run to deep in the playoffs. So um, I wouldn't take anything out of it other than I, I guess the biggest thing I take out of it is this Washington offensively has a ton of potential. And yeah. if they can push the 25, 28, 30 points per game, they're going to be in every game pretty much that they play this season. And that is yeah, a feel, great, great sign. Yeah, it feels way different from that. And again, like I, I always have to say this, like I was in Linnell, like in the studio with Linnell today and like Linnell's like Mr. Like, oh, it's here, we're happening, you know? And I think like it's always important for fans to remember like this is one game, this is one data mm-hmm. point. The good teams are the teams that are able to do it consistently, right? Can Scott Turner bring this level of production and savvy every week, you know, and, and I think that's something that is going to be exciting to watch over the course of the season. Obviously Carson's going to fluctuate up and down, but again, his talent is something that I think does a lot for this team. Right. And I think it was another person that I I think we haven't really talked about is Antonio Gibson, right? Mm -hmm. His usage package today in the passing game was excellent. I thought he ran the football. Well, I thought he was hitting the hole, the correct holes, which is something that he's had a hard time with over the course of his career so far. And he looked like, that dude, quite frankly, took care of the ball in the four-minute situation. So, again, like a guy that, you know, I said this to the one of the producers for the show. They're asking for content for tomorrow. And one of the things I said is, like, all these guys came to play. They did what we thought they would do, which is kind of crazy to think about. It was always like, oh, well, can they all get touches? Can they all contribute? And when you convert on third down, when you're effective on first and second down, you run 81 plays and people get right. touches, Right. If you're not effective in those situations, you don't get to do that, right? You get 60 plays and everyone's pissed off because Terry gets three targets, right? So I think that that's the crux of this thing that I'm excited about is like, can they sustain this level of production? Uh, Because if they can, this is going to be a very scary offense. It's just going to build confidence as they go, so... 
Yeah, uh, Gibson today, 14 touches, or 14 carries, I should say. Can't, Samuel got four, McKissick got three, and then on, on the target end of things, Gibson with eight targets, McLaren only had four, but obviously the the one big one in the touchdown. Uh, so he winds up with two catches, 58 yards on the score. Curtis Samuel had 11 targets, eight catches, uh, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Logan Thomas got six, Jahan Dotson got five, Armani Rogers had the one nice screenplay, yeah. McKissick got three more, so they did a really nice job of spreading the ball around in, in, in all the ways that you said, and like like you were saying too, I just to reiterate this, like you can only do that when you run 80 plays. Like those yeah. those numbers come way down when you only run 60, so it, it does kind of feed on itself. All right, uh, we will be back on Wednesday with a full breakdown once we both get through all of the film. Obviously, we'll hear from Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon, the latest on Phil Mathis and any other injuries. Uh, Did Allen come Dana back Campbell. in the game? Uh, I don't know if a John Allen came back in the game, and I didn't in my quick perusing of the post-game transcript see anything see anything on that either so we will have yeah. updates on all of that obviously uh on the radio three to six tomorrow afternoon for the hoffman show for me and then uh, here on the podcast on wednesday morning uh we will also be shifting to morning releases so um this is makes it even more important that you subscribe uh so you don't need to hunt it that you get in your car for your morning commute don't be searching for take the man in the middle of i-66 or on the beltway have it ready for you in your subscription subscribed little feed uh apple podcast spotify the also LCF, real is. quick craig if we're doing yeah. something here like if we're doing this show and you guys have questions for the wednesday show or whatever like hit yeah. us up we'll answer those questions we'll kind of get it in the show so i would this love is a good way for us to get more stuff yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure so at hoffman show on twitter uh at logan underscore paulson 82 on instagram you can hit us up with some questions and we'll try to sneak those in at the end of the wednesday show all right uh that's it just a quick pot uh some quick reaction and uh i got three hours to flush out my thoughts tomorrow on the radio so i'll see y'all then <laughs> logan will be on your tv and then we'll reconvene for a podcast on wednesday uh subscribe rate and review if you like it and if you don't pretend i didn't say that all right we'll see you <laughs>